Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey here with DJ. And we're continuing our top five position players. Uh, and we have Brennan again with us for another installment. Today we're going to do the top five pass rushers. Because pass rushers can be both linebacker and ends and defensive tackles, we're kind of just lumping them all together. And then we're going to finish off with the top five non-pass rushing, so mostly your coverage linebackers. Um, we didn't include defensive tackles, just, well, because. They... <laughs> They, if they're a defensive tackle that sacks the quarterback, they can be included. But if they're a guy who sits there and clogs up the lane, it's like, okay, we're not going to do a top five lane cloggers. Yeah, we're not going to have a Tony Saragusa or a Vita Vea on this list anytime soon. Unfortunately, yeah, or a Damon Harrison. As great as they are, it's like there's there's very few of them left these days because pretty much everyone who stops the run can also kill the quarterback because it's a pass-first league now. There's not a whole lot of guys that are first, second down. Hoy, go get him, Ray Lewis. I got these four. Exactly. Well, DJ, go ahead and get us – kick us off who's your number five pass rusher number five on the list of pass rushers and this one was harder to do than the safeties for me we talked about how hard the safeties was once i started looking at pass rushers like oh my god there's a thousand of them that are actually really good and there's probably like 15 of them that are that could be considered elite depending if you look at numbers game film name value just big time moments however you want to break it down there's 15 of them it's like oh yeah i'll take that guy oh yeah i'll sell my left nut for that guy or oh yeah i'll, I'll take that guy the I'll franchise tag him, whatever you want to say about it. But for me, number five is not J.J. Watt, but T.J. Watt, baby Watt. 14 and a half sacks, eight forced fumbles, and on top of that, 23 tackles for loss, which isn't really a court sacking stat, but if you can get that many tackles for loss, you could probably get sacks off those type of plays too. It just kind of shows how dominant that person can be. Not to mention, too, it's his second year in a row being a dominant force. He came out of the gates and was really good as a rookie. On the Pittsburgh defense, it was really, really good last year, too, with pretty good other pieces around him. Like, Bud Dupree's not bad. He's good because he's opposite T.J. Watt. Casey Hayward is one of those run-stopping defensive linemen. We mentioned he's good, but he's not a sack artist. He's, his biggest achievement last year was killing Jacoby Brissett's knee and killing the Colts' momentum. Yeah, Stephon Tuitt. Yeah, and he's another, another guy. That, another run-stopper. Run and Devin Bush, a 
flying linebacker. Like, it's a good defense, but it starts with T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, in the backfield. But it starts with T.J. Watt destroying offensive linemen, exploding by them, and hitting the quarterback. And a very, the under, very underrated stat of eight forced fumbles. He doesn't just get there. He, he takes the ball away. He doesn't just knock them out. He picks the round. He's, he's established himself as a perennially a future perennial all-star pass rusher, basically. And he's just beginning. You obviously can substitute plenty of other guys here, but when I look at him, I'm like, okay, he's different. He can get, he has speed, he has power, he has length, and he's not injured every damn play like his brother JJ is. Yet. Give it time. I mean, we'll see. He's a little more evenly balanced as opposed to JJ's, oh my God, look at my extremely large upper body, really thick thighs, and then baby calves. Yeah, TJ's not carrying around a lot of amperage. He's carrying around just wattage. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> All right, Brendan, who do you have at number five? I got uh, Daniil Hunter. Okay, the guy made in a laboratory who doesn't even defi- who defies physics. I get it. He was another guy that so, you. So, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Man, this, I mean, and the Bears play him twice a year. Another one of those deals where we play him twice a year. But the thing is, is he's 25, and he's so consistent. I mean, he's only had two years in his career where he didn't have double-digit sacks. And this year, having the three force fumbles on top of it, and, I mean, it's all from the just the DN position. He's not doing, you know, the the you know the double duty of having coverages or anything like that. But, I mean, he's, he's still racking up 53 tackles, and, I mean, his 18 tackles for loss, or, yeah, 18 tackles for loss is what it was. So, I mean... He's pushing every every game, and he just—he's a monster. He's fast. That's the big one. Stupid he's super fast. fast, but his his fourteen and a half sacks. I give him that over Cam Jordan. I think his youth and the the ability for him to continue in his career and just get better is what makes him a top five for me. I definitely don't want to run into him in a back alleyway. That's for sure. Because not only does he look intimidating, but I can't run from him either with his four five speed running ass self too. I don't want to run into him in a Walmart, I let alone a back alley. Like let's be honest. Like I'm not. I'm not messing with that man unless it's to be like, Mister Hunter, sir. Can you autograph this, please? Unless he's gonna throw his jersey to me in exchange for a coke. I don't want any part of that smoke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's another one of those guys. He you really can't ignore him. Andy quarterbacks absolutely hate him. Because you can't run from him. You can't run at him. You just kind of have to concede this is where I die when he comes charging at you. And really, he's kind of the next man up, if you will, on that already really dangerous Minnesota defense. I mean, Everson Griffin is is, is starting to get up there in age now. So, Daniil Hunter's kind of the next man up on that defensive line. And, I'd well, say he's uh, taking good over. luck. I'd say he's kind of <laughs> taking over. He's like, all right, Everson Griffin, you are the Robin now. Exactly. And then Everson's like, yes, Mr. Hunter, just don't come, <laughs> don't come at me. It's like, it's like the Justice League on that defense. You kind of have one on each level that's just kind of wow. Their um, entire defense is wow, basically, too. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, except when we play the 49ers. But. Absolutely. Anyway, so who do you have at number five, Kelsey? So, so for me, for number five is a guy from the same division, uh, but from the arch-rival Packers. Um, and I actually feel really bad for Brendan because I'm, I'm really kind of – gonna harp on the nfc north in this one um but yeah zadarius smith uh the guy who led the league in pressures last year on a defense that me myself and i thought was gonna be absolutely terrible and i ate every single one of my words last season watching all these games and zadarius smith was a big part of this along with preston on the other side i will say zadarius is a lot like daniel hunter when you look at him it's like okay he's built differently like his shoulders are wings his arms are fucking legs and his shoulder caps look like basketballs like he's another one of those guys just seeing him run at you makes you like makes you take a second to think like oh god and then the play's over basically yeah the way i kind of look at it look at him is he is what i wanted Jadavian Clowney to be on a pass rush more or less yeah zadarius smith is that guy who if coming off the edge uh, good luck. He can hit you with a he can hit you with a bull move. He can hit you with a spin. He can hit you with a straight up cross. He'll he'll sidestep you. I mean, you name it, he'll do something, and he's gonna get by you. And it's so dirty. He's a stud. I would like to see him use his hands a little bit better. Like he seems to thrive off of that bull rush and then or speed rush around them. He yeah. doesn't have as much hand technique. Like they talk about how defensive linemen and offensive linemen have to be boxers. He's probably more of the one shot knockout artist type of guy as opposed to a clean boxer, but. His sacks numbers speak for himself. His game speaks for himself. Even when he's injured, comes out, comes back in, pressures the quarterback, comes back out because he hurt exactly. himself again. Like, yeah, he's, it, a, he's another one of those guys. That's, this, like we said, we all had different guys at number five, and we'll probably have different guys at number four. Yeah. There's so many to choose from. Just flip a coin with five through 
honestly, five through one on this one is kind of flipping a coin for everybody. So, like, it's it's crazy. Like, I doubt we'll have anyone in the same spot or anything yeah. like that. It's just well, just goes to show. Go ahead and lead us into number four, then. Number four is a guy who I thought was the best pass rusher last year, and I think is a top three defensive player in the league. In Khalil Mack, last year the numbers weren't quite there with only nine sacks. He still did have five forced fumbles, which were pro- which is pretty crazy to think about, and thirteen tackles for loss. This is more of name value as well as when you watch the tape, he's still a dominant force. It's just with all the injuries the Bears had to Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson was injured at one point. Roquan wasn't always healthy. Leonard Floyd on the opposite side is not exactly a world beater. Like they just last year, everything kind of went wrong. And then with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback and Chase Daniel, you're on the field for 57 minutes. It's only so much you can do. So I'd say. I have Khalil Mack at number four, even though the numbers don't match up with the tape and the name value necessarily. And I think if everyone stays healthy, we'll see Khalil Mack return to that. Oh, yeah, that's the guy that uh, everyone doesn't want to play against. That's right. $140 million well spent. (laughs) Two first-round picks. Okay, you're never going to get a player like Khalil Mack. This makes sense now. I think this was more of an anomaly year. So I I think he's going to bounce back. So this is a little bit of projection forward along with name value, along with I kind of saw what – no, he didn't have all the cards in his hand on the last year. Yeah, he was, he was definitely going, playing up against a stack deck. And he still made plays that impacted games, too. Like, those nine sacks weren't just like, oh, well, you're down 28-7, to seven, and for some reason they're passing, but you still got him. Yeah. Or, like, a f- former Bear, Lamar Houston, who gets a sack when they're losing 35-7 and celebrates and tears his ACL. Ah, got that. Uh, painful. Anyway, so moving on, who is your number four, then, Mr. Painful? Uh, I've got the other Smith from the Packers. Preston Smith, okay. Um, Preston, uh, I, I don't know. I think between the two, obviously Zadarius probably a little bit better pass rusher, but I feel Preston's got more versatility than than Zadarius. I think that makes him a little bit more valuable in my eyes. Um, I, I I don't know having the having an extra uh, having the fumble, force fumble plus a pick. He's doing a little bit more for getting the ball to the offense. Um, you know, having that extra little bit of, of edge in your game, it kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage in the pass rush because if you're dropping back in pass coverage, then you've got the ability to hide what you're doing a little bit more. So I think I think Preston's a better of the two players this year. I think Preston's a little cleaner, whereas Darius Smith's a little more rugged. Like, he's the guy that's like, oh, you just killed that man, where Preston's like, oh, you schooled that man that's yeah. how they both get to the quarterback they just do it in different fashions yeah Preston's a smooth operator and Zedarius is definitely the reckless one like he's gonna be like oh I can slam my head through this wall <laughs> whereas Preston's like why slam my head through this wall when I can spin around the wall why why run through this wall when there's a door right there and Zedarius <laughs> yeah. Smith is like I kill door <laughs> and they both walk through unscathed because Zedarius Smith was also made in a laboratory yeah Zedarius is basically the physical aid man that's what we're saying Basically, he is what we all strive to be, but at the same time are not capable of being built like. <laughs> yeah. All right, so who do you have at number four? So for me, number four, it's the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who was suspended for hitting somebody with a helmet because he's just so damn aggressive. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Garrett. Absolutely. Miles Garrett, number my number four. Uh, he's coming back, and I'll be honest, the Browns, while not really put together when he did get suspended – They were literally turning the corner, and then his suspension really shut that down fast. Um, That defense just fell apart, and really their offense never got their their training wheels off and were struggling the whole time. But hopefully that changes this year for everybody's sake. But Miles is going to be a big part of that. Um, I still call him one of the best young talents in the league. 100%. And honestly, he would be higher on my list if it wasn't for the suspension. Uh, Do I still think there needed to be suspension on the other side? Yes, but we're not going to talk about that today. He's a guy that was – he's another one of those fringe guys like, I want him on my list, but he's suspended and there wasn't as many plays. But we know how dominant he really is. Like, I don't know what to do with him. So he kind of dismissed my list for that reason. But he's a force of nature. Now that the Browns have an actual NFL head coach next year, I think they'll be a lot different compared to – What, Freddie Kitchens wasn't a, a real NFL coach? Yeah, I, I don't – I wouldn't trust him to coach my Madden team. Yeah, no, and, and he's another one of those guys that's just kind of built – different you look at miles he can play inside he can play outside he can play stand up he can play down um in a three and a four hell on in pass rushing situations it wouldn't be a bad idea to kick him into a defense attack and let him Aaron donald on some of those guards and centers yeah he's just he's so quick and strong it yeah he's a he's a freight train he was one of the all the browns first round picks the last handful of years he's definitely the best one so far honestly yeah 
Nothing against Denzel Ward or Baker or any of those guys, but Miles Garrett's different. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on to number three, I'm taking the guy who led the league in sacks this year, Shaquille Barrett. 19 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, 23 tackles for loss. Well, his previous stint in Denver, he only had about seven or eight total sacks in three or four years. When you watched him in Denver, it wasn't because he was bad and he just clicked. He just really didn't have the opportunities. Denver didn't really put him in a spot to thrive. When you have Von Miller, he's kind of your guy. They didn't really – they put Von Miller in positions to thrive, and Shaq was just like, yeah, you get get whatever Von doesn't want. Yeah. And he wasn't like the Bradley Trubb role where they're both treated as elite pass rushers. Shaq was just treated as a guy on the defense, a cog in the system. Where in Tampa Bay, you have him, one of the best 3-4 linebacking cores when you have him and Jason Pierre-Paul on the outside, then Levante David and Devin White on the inside. There's speed, there's power, there's missing fingers, and in Shaquille Barrett's case, there's a whole lot of technique. He he is a really good hand fighter, and you don't get 19 and a half sacks by accident. Like, if he got 10 or 11 or 12, it could be a fluke year, but 19 and a half, six force fumbles when you get there, too, like, he's... Honestly, the amount of times he's on the field, too, when Jameis, how many times he turned it over and how often that defense was on the field. If the Tampa Bay Buccaneers meet the expectations, it'll be because the defense led by Shaq Barrett is able to make a whole lot of plays that they frankly weren't able to last year because they were on the field the entire time. So for me, Shaq Barrett, number three, strong chance to move up even higher means 26, 27. Playing on a franchise tag. If he plays on a franchise tag like DeMarcus Lawrence did, Good luck, everybody else, next year. Yeah. And then Tom Brady not turning it over every other play like Jameis does. I think that's going to be a big part of Shaq Barrett's evolution going forward is he's not going to be on the field as much this year, hopefully. And he'll be in more pass-first situations, too. Exactly. And ideally, I mean, with that offense now with Tom Brady and Gronk on it, you're looking at hopefully having a lead more times than you're going to be chasing the, the lead. Exactly. And trying to make up for mistakes by your quarterback. So it should be a very, very advantageous situation for him. Um, and really, that you said the linebacking court in general, I mean – We'll get to more of their linebackers here later, but Devin you know, White at number is your in his second year. Oh God, Levante David with the second life now he's on a good team. Good luck, guys. Exactly. So we'll see what more of that one. Uh, Brandon, what about you? What do you got at number three? Uh, he's already been mentioned so far. One of your lists. I've got T.J. Watt. Okay. Uh, not much more to say uh, about him. Um, I mean, the only other thing I can add is is in three years. He's averaged 11 and a half sacks. There's not a lot of guys in the league who can say they're averaging double-digit sacks a year. Only the real elite guys do. And to be honest, between him and Bud Dupree and their D-tackle, I mean, the, the amount of sacks between just those three, not any other part of the defense, is just astronomical. I put those, that whole front seven is probably my best pass rushing front seven, Bud Dupree and him. Best duo, I think, in the league right now. Are you sure you're a Bears fan? Hmm. Did you just <laughs> did you submit the Bears not being the best pass rush? Hold on now. Hey, hey, <laughs> last year? No. This year, probably. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I do like the TJ Watt pick as we for all the reasons we discussed earlier. He's he's different. He's different. He's built differently than JJ and he plays way differently, and I think it's also gonna lead to a longer term career too. I think he's gonna have a much longer career than JJ's. Oh God! I kill everything. Frat bro, headbutt, beer cans. Exactly. He looks like the type of guy who would double fist white claws at the county fair. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, he's a great dude. They're both great dudes. So I'll take them both on my team any day of the week. Can yes. I have them both actually? Just one on one side, one on the other, or have them both come off the same side and just overwhelm every tackle in the league? Like, oh God, which one do I take? <laughs> double team what? Double team what? Which one? Hi- oh damn! At that point, you can just call him amp. It's, like, just, it's just going to be a full amp coming at you, not just two watts. It's going to be a full amp. Just stick your arms out and hope you clothesline them both. You're not stopping them both. Oh, God. All right, so anyways, I got number three is uh, actually a bear. It's Khalil Mack um, because of all the reasons you said with TJ being on the best pass rushing team, in your opinion. Uh, the Bears are the best pass rushing team, in my opinion, when healthy. And we saw what happened last year. When Khalil, what, Khalil had the same, oh, I mean, almost the same stats as he did the year before in his first year in Chicago in 13 games, and he had it 16 last year. But the difference is he didn't have those big games because he didn't have a Leonard Floyd. He didn't have a Roquan coming off the other side. Some Somebody to take the pressure off of him. Um, you know, when you're facing double and triple teams, literally from the word go, it's it's kind of tough to to do anything, but he still put up numbers. So, I mean, to, to be fair, Leonard Floyd can get blocked by it. A halfback that's half his size. Well, okay, yeah. That that being put aside, <laughs> it is true. I mean, but 
that rest of that defense is still dirty as all get out. Um, and I do think this is going to be Khalil coming back. Like, we always talk about Von Miller coming back. Uh, this is Khalil's comeback, if you will, from his down season last year Don't where he still had 12 and a half sacks. I mean. Don't call it a Mac back. Exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be a return of the Mac in the NFC. In the NFC. In the NFC. The NFC's version of the return of the Mac. Say that's already been trademarked now. I mean, that's a, <laughs> don't, be careful with that. Only in the AFC. Only in the AFC. All right. So long as, long as we're on the same page there. All right. So number two, DJ. Number two is basically the same guy to number two last year, Aaron Donald. He was not anywhere near the same force as he was last year. He had 12 and a half sacks, only two forced fumbles, which isn't that big of a deal. But when you get to the quarterback that often, I'd like to see him knock the ball out on occasion instead of just kind of – seems like you just kind of get there and the play's over instead of making the, that extra play. Still led the league in tackles for loss of 24. I mean, like, Aaron Donald's a freak. I'm not even – the problem is his expectations and his – basically the bar he set is so damn high that when you have a good all – not – a good Pro Bowl level year, you kind of struggled a little bit. <laughs> and a lot of his stats came across as empty stats. Like in those big games when they played the Ravens, for example, where was he? He didn't, I don't remember seeing him on the field. He just, his best games and his best plays come at the least needed times, I guess, or not the most needed. When you need him the most, you can't find him, unfortunately. And I know he's a small D tackle. I know he's blocked. I know all this stuff we talk about with him, but like Khalil Mack, for example. We talked about it last year. He makes those plays that he makes game changing plays. Like he breaks the game open, even coming up with a short week against the Packers last year. It's a pick six, a forced fumble. Aaron Donald's a stud. He's outstanding, but he just, we need more of those big time plays and big time moments. I mean, the only time I remember making a big play in a big game is he made a tackle for loss on third and one in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That's the only thing I can ever really think of. Yeah, and I feel like that whole Rams team, you kind of just look at it, and last year was just not their year. They, that Super Bowl hangover killed them, and then a few injuries here and there. And I think the Jalen Ramsey trade kind of screwed him, too. I mean, sure, you got more talented, but that jacked up your expectations without having everything lined up properly. Todd Gurley's health, like, that team was just a mess. And unfortunately, as great as Aaron Donald is, when the bar set that high, I need you to do a little bit more for me. Yeah. That's It's not even really a knock. I'm splitting hairs here. He can join any of my teams any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll be the number one defensive lineman immediately. Basically, yeah. I mean, very few guys can even compete with him, but... All right, Brendan, so who is number two for you? Uh, again, already have been mentioned, uh, league leader in, set, in sacks this year, Shaquille Barrett. Um, the only the only thing about him that I, I'm still kind of hesitant on is this is the first year he's broke out over double-digit sacks. But as you said before, his, his hand fighting is just amazing. His speed off of the line is, is on on very 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 top of the list when it comes to just pass rushing acceleration so yeah i I put him number two i think this next year he's set like you guys said for another big year i i I like him at number two um like to see him to continue growing uh still a younger guy but yeah number two uh skill barrett i like him i think he did great last year last year i think he does great this year He's not a big guy either. I mean, he but he doesn't depend only on speed. Like he can rush inside. To, like he can start outside and cut inside because how good his hand fighting. Because he's only like two hundred and forty pounds. He's kind of a smaller guy too. Yeah. And you know, I'll be honest. I, I left Shaq off. I'm going to ruin the fun right now. I, I left Shaq off my list. You being different than the grain. No. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, going against the grain is my thing. But this, the only reason why is, is, is being a smaller guy. This is like you said, his first season breaking double digit sacks. It's not that I don't trust him, but it's a lot like what we were talking about with the corners and the safeties. Well, some of these guys, you just kind of wonder, is that all? Like, is this going to be your only season, or are you going to give me more going forward? And that's what my worry is with Shaquille Barrett. Not so much for him, but just because now he won't have as many opportunities to get those sacks. I mean, was it a case of, hey, you're on the field so much, you're bound to get 12 sacks just from being out there, and then you did the rest of it yourself? Or is it going to be a case of, is he that good? And that's, that was the only reason I left him off my list. Otherwise, I love watching him play. It's fun to watch. I can't lie about it. So. Reminds me of Demarcus Lawrence, especially if he dominates this year again. He'll be playing on the franchise tag. If he dominates again and then gets paid, he'll have like a Demarcus Lawrence storyline. So I look forward to having a big year because I just can't see why he doesn't, honestly. Everything's lined up for him to have a big year. So if he struggles this year, then we were wrong. Yeah, my bad, guys. So, well, for me, number two. Uh, probably a partnership with the best duos, trios, or however you want to word it in the whole NFL and pass rushing. Uh, I got Nick Bosa coming off the edge in San Francisco. That entire pass rush on that team is so dirty, and yet 
they disappeared in the in the Super Bowl. But that's not. <laughs> I don't know. Patty Mahomes is running for his life. In yeah. A lot of those so you know, you just look at Nick Bosa. He's probably the only person that can compete with Shaq Barrett coming off of the line with his hand fighting and speed combined. Um, it, it's it's super dirty to come off the line like that. He is definitely, in my opinion, the better Bosa. Uh, he is just does it well, and it's not like he's deficient in the run game. He's He'll do the exact same thing in the run game and then kill a man. Honestly, I think he's better against the run than he was even as a pass rusher. He was like second or third in tackles for loss, too. Like, I honestly think he's better against the run than as a pass rusher. And we know what he does as a pass rusher. Yeah, and he's still top five in pressures and getting to the quarterback as a pass rusher. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I would like to see his sack numbers go up next year. Like, I know he, only, he had nine in his, his rookie year. That's still really good. But I want to see him get like that 12, 13, kind of like his brother does. Like, his brother had 10 in 10 games or whatever it was as a rookie. And- yeah, and, you know, that is the next step for him for sure. But right now, I mean, you look at it, he has all the moves. He oh, has every, his hand fighting is second to none. On paper, he has the best skill set if you want to make all yeah. the check marks, arguably. And, I'm just and you're too. just waiting for him to take that. And you know, maybe it is that San Francisco defense. Maybe it is the fact he is partnered with an Eric Armstead, a D Ford. Uh, insert pass rusher here. I mean, look at their defensive line last year: DeForest Buckner, Sheldon Day, Eric Armstrong, Solomon Thomas. It's like, oh look, all pro team. Yeah, a couple of those guys are gone now. Like DeForest Buckner and Sheldon Day went to Indy, so we'll see how they go. D Ford might have to start now instead of just come in on third and third downs and passing situations so and it might be the best thing that happens for bosa too exactly like so. it could be better it could be worse i just want to see a little bit more but he's one of those guys too i had in the tj Watt, daniel hunter yeah. can i have them all category basically and and you know honestly the only reason i put him on this list and not shaq barrett was lineage like you look at it the bosas as a family have always been really good pass rushers shaq barrett he gave me one season the bosas have given me a total of what seven mm-hmm. in the just the brothers it's you know it's it's kind of one of those things you look at his brother and you look at how good he is and you know there's a rivalry it's just like with tj and jj watt you're like one of them wants to be the better one who's gonna be i do think joey's a little better pass rusher but nick is so much better against the run it's not even funny like they're fantastic i'll take them all absolutely well here we are the number one pass rusher dj for me it's not simple but when i look at the numbers it feels like it should be simple but it's never that simple i put chandler jones number one when he's not you know, getting it, getting drug, getting jacked up on drugs, and ending up naked at a police station. <laughs> but he had 19 sacks, eight forced fumbles, 20 tackles for loss. Not only was he second in the league in sacks by half a sack, he also had. I think he tied the league in forced fumbles. If not, he was right at the top. I mean, what we said about TJ taking the ball away, yeah, Chandler did that. But without those horses next to him that TJ had, oh, he didn't have the same. He only he had 19 sacks without Shaq's opportunities from Jameis Winston's turnovers. Because Kyler did not turn it over that often, and there were games where they moved the ball really efficiently. He did. They oftentimes didn't have a lead because, they, frankly, the Cardinals were pretty good, but they weren't blowing people out. But they weren't getting. They're never getting smoked either. So, yeah. Chandler Jones almost. It was him and the ghost of Patrick Peterson on that defense, and Buda Baker just tackling everybody else. And the ghost of Terrell Suggs when he got there. The ghost he, of the ghost of Terrell Suggs. I thought Terrell Suggs ended up back in the Chiefs, didn't he? Well, yeah, when he was there at the beginning of the season. But either way, yeah. So Chandler Jones, one-man wrecking crew, terrorizing Russell Wilson, terrorizing Jimmy Garoppolo, terrorizing Jared Goff. Those guys are like, nope, can you get him back in New England, please? (laughs) Get him away from us. Can you send him to the AFC? Meanwhile, this is the one time New England traded away somebody where I think they done goofed. Normally they get rid of guys at the right time. This case, not so much. They could really have used a Chandler Jones last year when Derrick Henry was taking their soul and when Ryan Tannehill was casually throwing for 87 yards. So I take Handler Jones at number one. I know he's a little bit older. He's in, he's about 30. I think still he has a few good years left. His skill set doesn't look like it's going to kill him with age. He's not dependent on speed. He's not dependent on power. He's, he has a perfect mix of everything. And honestly, I think he could beat up John Jones if they got into a fight too. I like it. You know, I, I kept him off this list just because of age. Uh, Chandler, and, you know, he does have a history of, oh, what's, what's this that goes up my nose? Oh, shit, I'm at a police station. What happened here? Yeah, I don't know the full story on that, so I guess I won't trash on him too much. But it was kind of weird how you ended up at a police station like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, there's no telling um, with him. It runs in the family, the Jones family, it does. Yeah, that's a rough squad. So it's like you're just kind of waiting for another mess up, per se. Where's the other shoe going to drop? I will say that. I mean, that's his only issue compared to John and Arthur, though. At least those guys have had a lot more. And even after that, he follows it up with 19 sacks, 16 sacks. So it almost yeah. made him better somehow. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it made him focus. Um, but I don't know. Again, this is the same kind of concept with Shaq Barrett. I'm just kind of, was it a one and done, or are we going to be back again? Because he is the only threat on that Arizona defense as of right now. I don't know. Isaiah Simmons is there now. Buda Baker's got another year. Proven, proven, proven threat. 
sorry, proven threat on that defense. We'll see if Patrick Peterson can come back to life after suspended for the last year, to, first six games last year. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Absolutely. All right, Brendan, who do you have at number one? Well, I've got Chandler Jones as well, but on the note of uh, Kelsey's will he do it again, he has had eight years in the NFL, and only two of them was he under 11 sacks. I think we were talking about him getting in trouble again was what we were looking mm-hmm. at. Like, well, will yeah, he get I in know. trouble again? <laughs> but, I mean, despite him being in trouble – Say he does get suspended for any amount of time, he's still going to make an impact when he comes back. Depend if he gets I, I, back I, I can't see him dropping off. I hope That's not either. True. I mean, I, he is a stud, and I think even if he's not going to give you 19 sacks, he'll be good for 10 or 11. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the fact is that this, like we said, this is harder than the safeties were. I mean, I, I literally flipped a coin to keep Chandler Jones off this list. Uh, <laughs> it was, I really did. I mean, he was he was my five B behind Zedarius, so it was kind, it was that close. It's so close that none of our lists are ridiculous, and two of our lists don't even have a Bosa on it. I mean, yeah. look at some of the other names. DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston. There's plenty of guys you could throw on there, too. Exactly. Oh, anyway, yeah. moving on, Kelsey, who is your number one? I think I have a, have a good guess based on who you haven't picked. but Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the big man himself, the, uh, the guy who I told last year, do not teach your kids to play like because you can't. Yeah, he doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy is a freak of nature. Hands down the quickest feet for a defensive tackle that should be playing defense tackle. But, oh, by the way, he stands up, plays defensive end, can drop into coverage, can go kill a man, can kill a defensive – or can kill an offensive guard, tackle, center, and their fullback and and their halfback at the same time. Like, you take your pick, he's going to kill somebody. It's just a matter of can he get to the quarterback and actually make the plays when he gets there. That's what it always comes down to. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I feel like that whole Rams team last year was just off. Um, I mean, that was their version of 2020, it seems mm-hmm. like. It just watching them play, they just weren't there. It wasn't the team we'd all seen building towards the Super Bowl. I mean, ever since the Super Bowl, he has kind of just, since that tackle for loss mm-hmm. on third and one, he has just kind of been like, well, where's Aaron Donald? Still good. Still very good. Um, I mentioned it with Khalil Mack. You're kind of waiting for his comeback. This is to me. I see Aaron Donald. This being his comeback season. I mean, you're going to put it together. You're being set. You're being. You're going to move to that new stadium, and you get those fancy new jerseys, and you get a new logo. And hey, guess what? We got a rejuvenated Aaron Donald. We're going to go dominate people. They kind of needed to because that division's dirty. You got the reloaded Cardinals. The 49ers are still the 49ers, and the Seahawks are always as long as they have Russell Wilson and and the squad there, they'll always be in it too. Yeah. And it's hard to pick against him because, like I said, he is the absolute freakiest mm. defensive tackle I've ever seen on tape. So He's the l- one that makes the least amount of sense, too. Yeah, physics does not apply. Not at all. All right, well, that does it for our top five pass rushers. So now we flip it to the other side of the defensive ball game plan, the non-pass rushing or pass coverage linebackers. So, that, DJ? That being said, the pass rush was so hard, and I'm so happy we're done with that because I was changing my mind even while reading them out loud at the same time. Because yeah. I'm like, do I want Daniel Hunter here? Do I want Khalil Mack here? Do, what do I want to do? Well, no, there's not a Bosa. There's not a Melvin Ingram. Oh, God, what about DeForest Buckner? He's dominant, too. Oh, God. There's way too many good pass rushers in the league. Yeah, literally, you guys you guys missed the three. Or you guys added the three guys that I left off my list, and Chandler Jones, Daniel Hunter, and uh, Shaq Barrett. They were all my, oh, God, why am I not putting them on my list choices after I made my list? And I'm just like, what am I doing? What what type of sports person am I? And we didn't even include, like, Jacksonville's Josh Allen, Yannick and Doc, with Calais Campbell. The list goes on and on, and we're not doing this. Or J.J. Watt, for example. Yeah. All right, moving forward. Off-ball linebackers. Number five. This is another one more of name value and the tape. I went with Deion Jones. He, he had a bad season last year by his standards and finished with 110 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and five pass deflections. He only had one interception when he's known as a coverage linebacker, which you'd like to see improve, but like the Rams, Atlanta was just weird last year. It was like, oh, they look so good. Oh, no, they're bad again. Okay, never mind. That's fine. He, they were all over the place. Injuries across the board. Deion Jones was the only one who wasn't really injured. I mean, like... Yeah, really. And he's... Last year wasn't his best season, but I still... He, he still got the game, and he still was flying across the place. I think this will be his quote-unquote kind of comeback year. I think he'll get more opportunities. Some guys stepped up last year, like a Louis Kahn, some of the other defenders, started to step up. Then you get all of, you get Keanu Neal back. You had a good draft. I like it. I like Atlanta. I like Deion Jones at number five. Brandon, who are you taking at number five? Well, 
well, these lists are going to get really weird. Um, <laughs> uh, number five, I've got a guy, uh, y'all are just kind of ragging on the team about not being quite there, uh, Corey Littleton. I like it. I like it. I like him in Oakland, too. Sorry, Las Vegas. Or tackles, he had four force, or four fumble recover, recoveries, two interceptions. I mean, he's kind of doing a little bit of everything throughout that whole defense. It, and watching him play, he's he's got a, a great awareness and a great quickness for the ball. I wouldn't call him the fastest guy on the field, but his quickness to, paired with his awareness of what's going on, uh, I think it makes him great for just solidifying the middle of the field for the Rams. I think he's going to be a fantastic pickup for the Raiders too. The Rams, if they didn't sign so much, spend so much damn money on Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and everybody else on the team, they probably could have kept him and helped out Aaron Donald and the rest of that defense, but... Going to Oakland slash Vegas, which I still have to get used to, I think he's going to give them a different dimension on defense, which they'll need dealing with Patrick Mahomes and all that entire offense that they have to deal with. So I like Corey Littleton a lot. That's a really good pick. Absolutely. You know, I honestly, I, I thought about putting both of these guys on the list at uh, number five and immediately scratched out and had to go with, I realized, a guy that I left off this list that was my number two choice last year, maybe number one, Bobby Wagner. Uh, I dropped him on my list and – Woe is me. I might get put on the stake for all these Seattle fans for this. But the guy absolutely just changed his games, yes. But he was finally shown holes in his game last year. And granted, yes, the Seahawks defense last year was all kind of showing holes in their team. But he was put in pass coverage twice as much as he normally ever is. And he also doubled up his missed tackles in the year. He Now, granted, we're talking he had two hundred, almost 200 tackle attempts. He missed 10 total tackles. But for him, that's doubling his missed tackles for a season. Um, so that was kind of crazy to see. And, you know, he is getting older. He's not old by any means, but he's getting older. He's getting up there. He's been the guy in Seattle for so long. You're just kind of – and with them retooling that defense, you're just kind of putting too much pressure on him right now. Um, I still think he's one of the best linebackers in the league, and, you know, I'll eat my words at the end of the season if he decides to go back to Bobby being Bobby and not just – that guy out there wearing number 54 that just kills people um but we'll see uh that's uh, that, that, i don't know that's just my opinion on it fair enough we'll agree to disagree on that one but moving forward <laughs> for number four i got your boy jalen smith as bad as that cowboys defense tended to be throughout the season they were bad and they struggled really badly when they needed to not struggle looking at you at thanksgiving day game against buffalo Looking at you the last five games of the season. <laughs> Looking at you every game that was against a decent team, at basically besides the Dolphins. Yeah. Any game that Dak wasn't able to beat up on a JV defense. Any any team over 500. Any team over 400. <laughs> yeah. But he had 142 tackles, which was outstanding. And this was without his boy, the Wolf Hunter, next to him, too. So it was like, all right, uh, you do everything. You got this, Jalen. Yeah. Marcus Lawrence is not, not showing up this season either, so uh, it's and, literally all you. And Leighton with his neck injury on and off the field as much as he was. Sean Lee on and off the field. Uh, he's used to Sean Lee being off. Yeah, That's but mandatory. Even but yeah. more so. Eight tackles for loss, which shows he was making plays in the backfield. Two and a half sacks, he got a little bit after it. He did have nine pass deflections, which was impressive. He only had one interception, which means two hands, Jalen, two hands. Yeah. But a middle linebacker breaking up nine passes is still really, really good. That shows he has an ability to step up in coverage and use that stupid speed that he has productively. He might not be able to cover tight ends, but if you put him in his zone, he could read the quarterback's eyes and fly to where it's going. Tackling machine. He might not be necessarily the best linebacker. He might. I might have him a little high, but the numbers and the skill set match up and. I like what I saw last year, even in spite of the fact that that defense was terrible. But that is what happens when your quarterback can only beat up on JV defenses. It's crazy to think that you said you said his speed, and you know you talk about his speed. And he is one of the fastest linebackers in the league. But it's crazy to think about that he barely was able to walk coming out of college. Like he, they, they didn't think he was going to be anywhere near the same speed. And he's faster. Let's say him and Miles Jack both coming out of that draft. It's like don't touch them, and here they are, dominant forces of nature. Exactly. So, all right, so Brendan, who do you have at number four? And I hope it's not Bobby Wagner. No, but uh, it kind of has to do with the Jags uh, and Miles Jack. I think the best signing that they had this offseason was Joe Sherbert, number four. Okay, I like little, it. Little probably probably one sure. of the most underrated middle linebackers in the game, especially with well, Tevin Smith doing his thing. You got to replace those shoes. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy the crazy thing about uh, about his play is he might not be the most dominant guy on the run. Um, he's still racking up tackles, but the big one for me was how he plays in the passing game. I mean, he had four interceptions. Arguably, he could have had five or six if you had better hands. 
Kyle Fuller. Uh, no, that's still Deion Jones. Deion Jones is I mean, the Kyle Fuller of linebackers. <laughs> this guy is, uh, I mean, he's, he still has four picks. I mean, that's more than a lot of the corners in the league had. And as, a, as an inside linebacker, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's a little bit of uh, both, you know, inside, outside, depending on what they're in. But he predominantly plays that middle of the field area. But his, his play, you know, he still had two sacks, two forced fumbles. But, I mean, he accounted for at least seven, if I remember counting correctly, he accounted for at least seven takeaways by himself, even if it wasn't him directly doing it. Whether it was he tipped the ball up or... Um, force the fumble, whatever it was, he you know he was a big part of that Browns defense now on the Jags with Miles Jack. So I think it's gonna be a fun year for him. I really hope he continues that dominance that he had in the passing game because it'll make a big big jump for him. I definitely think the Browns wish they could have kept him but somehow, some way. Him, Miles Garrett coming back, that could have been a really dirty defense because I like Joe Schreiber. I like the pick. He's he's a solid player. I take yeah. him on my team. And if you could ever have imagined a better position for him to go, like he he had the advantage of dealing with like the back end of a Miles Garrett pass rush. So, you know, he's dealing with he's getting all these quarterback pressures in front of him. So they're you know, quarterback has to get the ball away really quickly. Oh well let's just put you on a team with three of those guys. Shit, Josh Allen, if you can get you, you know, know unique and Dockway to play, which he might not, we'll see how yeah, that we'll goes. see how that goes. And then you add CJ Henderson too in that secondary, like Clayus. Yeah, that, Clayus is in Baltimore now. Oh yeah, that's right. But, but still Jaguars had so many damn pass rushers they could trade away Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick. That exactly. And it's it, you know it's it's a dirty dirty thought that Joe Schubert is it, honestly if you if you had mentioned his name 2 years ago you everybody would be like, "Huh?" And you'd be like, "Yeah, that white guy that plays middle linebacker for the for the Browns." And, and now then it's like, "Oh yeah, Schubert. Yeah, that guy." Yeah. So, it, it, that's a really good a really good pick and, and like I said, one of the more underrated linebackers in the league. They could have had one of the best linebacking cores if Smith would have been able to stay on the field. You'd have Smith, Jack, and Schubert. That's pretty. That's a pretty dirty combo. But even still, Schubert and Miles Jack is a nice setup. Well, and you got a pass rush with Josh Allen too. I mean, he showed up last year. Didn't they sign a, a rookie or draft a rookie this year? Uh, was his name, or was it was it Clavin? What's his, what's his name? Javon Kinlaw. I think he went to San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I, I can't remember. They they did sign some. They did draft somebody at defensive Chiasen. end. Chiasen. That's his last name. What was that? Clavin Chiasen. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chason. Yeah. Um, Cav- Chason, sorry. Yeah, Cavalon Chason, yeah. Yeah, okay. the, the kid from uh, LSU. LSU. Yeah, okay, yeah. He. I think that's a good spot for him, too, because you can have Josh Allen on the other side of him, but... I like the defense. I mean, their offense, we'll see, but at least yeah. they got something on defense going, too. Chason was part of that LSU defense that won a national title, so not to be coughed at, and he was the biggest really surprise off that. He helped terrorize Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence in the second half, so he knows how to get after it a little bit. So Absolutely. Well, taking things back to the NFC North <laughs> at my number four, uh, probably one of the smartest linebackers not named Bobby Wagner or the former Luke Keekley. R.I.P. Uh, but he's not going to be the most athletic, most – giftedly talented he's not going to show up on a lot of stats other than just being at the ball and making tackles and co-tackles and things like that but eric kendricks we met, we talk about this minnesota vikings defense and how just dirty they are and how there's somebody at each level that's kind of okay well he's the guy that's going to replace bar and uh, you know as that that mainstay in their their middle of their defense uh he is one of the smartest you know middle linebackers in the league um he, you know, he needs more interceptions. He only had one last year. Uh, needs to make more plays in the run game. But he gets to the ball. He's always around it. And if there's a big play that's to be made, you can usually predict that he's going to be somewhere in a five-yard vicinity of that play, just being there. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, it's impressive to watch him play, but at the same time, he's that one of those guys that statistically, I don't. he's not going to be up there in the top three, top two, but he is going to be in the top five, top ten. Of most linebacker categories, he's a pretty good linebacker. He's a good guy to have as a leader of your defense. I think he definitely benefits from having Daniel Hunter's mutated ass self and Everson Griffin and Harrison Smith. Like basically, they have somebody that could be a top five at their position across the board, more or less. The yeah. only thing they're missing was Xavier Rhodes playing like Rhodes clothes, not the you know highway that he was last year. <laughs> not the six lane road. Yeah, exactly. Not the interstate. Anyway, so for me, at number three, I got a guy who really jumped off my screen last year, and Fred Warner. He had 118 tackles, which is pretty good. Nine tackles for loss, which is really good. Three sacks, pretty solid. Nine pass deflections, just like Jalen Smith, pretty good. Only had one pick, which was kind of surprising because you'd think of him as a coverage linebacker. But he was always around the ball. He was always making plays. 
and he was on a defense that has so many damn players. There just weren't enough plays to go around, honestly. <laughs> Nick, Nick Bosa, D Ford, DeForest Buckner, Richard Sherman, Drake Greenlaw coming out of nowhere, Quan Alexander. There's just not enough room for him to make enough plays. But he was still the leader of that defense through and through. They followed him. He helped lead into the Super Bowl. Like the defensive pass rush obviously got a lot of the a lot of the publicity going in and George Kittle being the mammoth that he is, but I think Fred Warner was kind of not the heart and soul. I'm not going to use that cliche, but he was the one that got that defense situated and got them right. He's the Mike Vrabel of that team where he just kept everything in the right place at the right time. And it's not like, and he did make things a little difficult for Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. I mean, I know Travis scored in, on like a goal line play action rollout play. Like that's kind of mandatory when you're that good and you have Patrick yeah. Mahomes slinging it, but it's not like he let, it's not like he just let Travis Kelsey go off. He was, he was all over the ball. He's all over the ball. He's, He's a dude you could trust to basically be in the right place at the right time and galvanize the troops to the right area, too. And he's so young. He's going to just keep getting so much better. What is it with the 49ers and just having middle linebackers? I mean, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Fred, Chris Borland for that one glorious season before he decided to retire. And now you just casually throw in Fred Warner. Like, quit getting all pro linebackers. God. Oh, and by the way, just turning Dre Greenlaw into Dre Greenlaw, that was like, oh, I'm here. Hi. By the way, I'm next. Oh, and Quan Alexander becoming Quan Alexander again. You're just like, wait, what? With an ACL injury. It's like, oh, yeah, I dominate. Yeah. That, that Niners team and linebackers, I don't – we'll never understand. <sighs> There's something in the water in, in San Fran. There's John, something... John Lynn's gave him the special stuff. Freaking John. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Brendan, who do you have at number three? I've got Jordan Hicks. I know we've talked about the one-year thing, but, I mean – to be able to have 150 tackles on the same team as Buda Baker with 150 tackles is kind of a good show of the transition he made coming into uh, Arizona. So I, I don't know. It still had three picks. He had 13 tackles for loss, if I remember correctly. I mean, it was just a, a monster year for him. I think the way that he's, he's set up there, Chandler Jones, as long as he can come back, be a freak again between him and Buda Baker that they, they it almost feels like they don't need another team or another person on the team because they they just do everything and then they casually just slide Isaiah Simmons into there too right next to him it's like hey uh here you go freak you're the fastest guy on our team and you're also the second biggest too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and let's not forget Patrick Peterson coming back off of his HGH shoes I mean whatever he was diagnosed with use Whatever it was. But that, you know, maybe if you'd have made Cardinals 13-3 and three this coming year, you would have had a little bit more steam behind it than last year. Uh, Never going to live that down. I'm sorry. I know. Unless they go 13-3 and three this year, then I'll just give you the, oh, you almost had it. you got to be a little quicker next time. Close, close, close it doesn't matter in this case. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, but unfortunately we're playing chess. And nuclear warfare. Okay, too far away. Well, who's your number three? Uh, sorry, Agent Orange. Didn't mean to give you hope there. Um, anyways, my number three is uh, your boy, Darius Leonard. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Probably one of the best linebackers, despite his age, like his young youth, whatever you want to call it, naivety, however you want to say it. He's one of the best linebackers, period. End of story. Possibly the best pass coverage young linebacker, period. End of story. But... In this case, I'm still giving him a little bit of leeway to keep growing because if you put him at the top now, you're just going to have nothing left to, to hope for. You're going to have to pay him big bucks. and Let's just keep him the underrated phenom he is. But in reality, like, so to back my point up, 62.8 passer rating is what he allowed last year in pass coverage. How crazy is that? He's a linebacker. He doesn't do that. Yeah, oh, like, <laughs> and leads the team as tackles. You know, after his mammoth rookie season, and the one thing that needed to be get better is his pass cover rating, and oh, by the way, 62.8 passer rating allowed. By the way, when you say any, there was a play in, when the Colts and the Texans played, he covered DeAndre Hopkins in the slot one-on-one and broke up the pass. Oh, multiple times. Yeah, I remember we were watching that game. We called it out every time, and we were like, what is happening? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, he just, he did that. Oh. Okay. That, okay, you, you know what? I'm not questioning you anymore. You just let Darius Darius. You know, honestly, I, I, if I were if I were Indy, I would think about maybe messing around one time and just running one play where you put Darius Leonard as a nickel corner and Kenny Moore as your middle linebacker or right outside linebacker and let Kenny Moore blitz from a linebacker position and Darius Leonard run from the nickel corner and see what happens. I'm not opposed. <laughs> At this point, there's no telling what would happen for the Colts, but it could could nothing be nothing but better than what they've already been doing. Yeah, you don't have to convince me because he's actually my number two, which is where we're at now. So I'm just going to tag on to what you said. 
He missed three games last year because of an injury, finished with 121 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, five sacks, eight pass deflections, and five picks. That Those numbers are astronomical. That's Madden. Like, I did that with him in Madden, and I felt cool as stuff. I can't imagine doing it in real life in 13 games. <laughs> I, we talked about Minka Fitzpatrick and Stephon Gilmore in our last episode, like the two guys towards the top for defense player of the year. If Darius Leonard plays all 16 games, I think he runs away with it. I, as it is, who else had five sacks, five picks, ten tackles for loss, and then the forced fumbles? I don't even know what those were, but he had a few of them too. And in the playoff, and in the playoff games too, he makes big plays against the Chiefs in the, the year before. They may have lost, but while they were down and still in the game, he forces a fumble casually. Against the against the Texans, he guards DeAndre Hopkins just for ish and giggles on fourth down while Kenny Moore blitzes. Yeah, he's. He's the, arguably the best linebacker as it is. He's 24 years. Who's had a better first start two first two years of their career? It just in Argue, general, yeah, like at any position. That's Patrick it. Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick maybe, Mahomes. yeah, yeah. And I mean, he got well, an MVP. Okay, okay, fair enough. And a Super Bowl. And he missed two games where Darius missed three. Like either way, like as far as positions go, very few compete with him as far as the start they're on. And he continues to get better. At the end of the season, he was he's stronger at the end of the season after the injury than he was at the beginning of the season. He's he's the man. He's the myth. He's the legend. Indy offer him a blank check, and then offer him a second blank check. Yeah, and, and then Nate renamed the house that Peyton built, the house that Leonard rents. Whatever you got to do. And you know, one of the craziest stats I think reading reading like through his numbers last year, you you said how many how many tackles did he end up with? Uh, one hundred twenty one or so. He missed less than one percent of his total tackles. So he literally missed maybe a tackle. And it might have been a half a tackle that he missed. And like, I think it, I remember seeing because it's the one he got hurt on, ironically, because yeah. he got up limping. Yeah, and that's it. That's the only tackle he missed all season. Like, how is how crazy is that to think that this man is running across the field from both sides from an outside middle linebacker position? He splits both. Like, holy crap! And then you just oh rush the passer. Oh five sacks. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then five. You I think he led the team in picks too. He's he's the man. He's. He's, good. He's Derek Brooks 2.0. He's a modern-day Derek Brooks type of linebacker, or a Lance Briggs, but even better and faster. Or Erlacher, even. Like, like I mean, yeah. yeah. Take I your think, pick. I think you could honestly make the case he's the best linebacker in football. I just I can't quite put him there yet. That's kind of why I have him at number two. Just yeah. He's so close already, though. Like he, The fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl his rookie year is still absolutely blasphemous. Even though he was a first-team All-Pro, but you skip out on giving him a Pro Bowl nod. Even yeah. as an alternate, you don't give him an alternate. You give it to Leighton Van Der Esch. Who, while good, there's levels to this. Yeah, let's be honest. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I can still say I'd rather have Darius than Leighton. And, I mean, look at that draft. Darius, Leonard, Leighton, Van Der Esch, Roquan Smith. Jalen. Yeah, that's a that's a draft class for linebackers if I've ever seen one. <laughs> and he might be the best of them all. Anyway, so number two, Brendan, who do you got? Uh, same same as you. I got Darius. Uh, little, the only thing I can really add to that is that 1% that, that you're talking about with missed tackles. If you add it up, he would have been second in the league in tackles had he played all 16 games. And that's yeah. coming off leading the league in tackles and nearly setting a record for tackles in the season. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the guy was good. He had two forced fumbles. Uh, and if I recall, he's the only one so far on all of our lists that actually scored defensively. Yeah, he picked up, he picked six games too. And that, if you watch that play, too, he started rushing and dropped back and undercut an o- a route that was replacing with that spot. So the football IQ on top of it separates yeah. him. He is he is second to none in football IQ. I mean, he is – I talk about Bobby being the probably the smartest linebacker. Darius Leonard's a 1C to Eric Kendricks and, <laughs> and him, and it's, it's just – it's insane to watch. And he, was a, he just was able to buy beer like two, three years ago, too. I mean, is he able to buy beer yet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we spent the last 10 minutes talking about how great Darius Leonard, and let's get to your number two, Kelsey. So my number two, since I've already said Darius Leonard, and I just I literally put him there because, well, I can't give him number one yet because <laughs> no young buck. <laughs> uh, I got to give it to a opposite end of the spectrum, Demario Davis, a guy who came to New Orleans after a pretty mediocre career in in New York, and oh by the way. Highest graded linebacker last season. Um, literally only missed four tackles, which for him, he was closer to 200 attempts. That's, again, 1% of tackles. So it's insane to see. Like, the dude had a resurgence and he's 30 now. And you're just like, well, okay. Crap. <laughs> That's just another thing I'd hate to go to New Orleans for. Not only do they have a great secondary, now you got Demario Davis playing out of his mind. Cameron you have Jordan. Cam Jordan there. You have Marcus Davenport on the other end. 
I mean, just take your pick. They really have no weakness besides the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, the officials. Well, and and Drew Brees shutting up. Yeah, he, he needs to shut up. Yeah, I mean, let me phrase that. When it comes to on the football field, they have no weakness besides referees and <laughs> Minnesota in the playoffs. Exactly. But no, so that, I mean, that's why I, I got DeMario up there. And it. if you ask me next year, I'm honestly probably going to be like, Darius Leonard's my number one. And I, I, hate, I hate that we just had that conversation about him and I put him at number three. But it's just where it is because he is just literally, what, 22, 23? He's played 29 games. Yeah, so I got to give I got to give it, you know, a little bit of a buffer there. Um, but, yeah, so DeMario is my number two. So, number one, after you, we've just had this long old discussion mm-hmm. on Darius Leonard, who do you have ranked higher than Darius Leonard? The OG Bobby Wagner, the guy that you so graciously threw out the window and ran over twice. Hey, he's, he's in my list. Okay. He's still finished second in the league in tackles with 159. He had eight tackles for loss, three sacks. Just, okay, I don't know why you're blitzing, but okay. Yeah. Six pass deflections, so he's still in coverage pretty good. Only one interception. Like I said, he's got to be a little bit better than that. But at the same time, they're just avoiding Bobby. Like, okay, Jadavian Clowney's nice, but there's no Frank Clark. K.J. Wright's old. Bobby Wagner's good. You know what? Let's just avoid him. Let's just avoid him altogether. And he still was one of the highest tacklers. He's still the man right now for me because Luke Keekley is gone. If Luke Keekley is still here... I'd still have him one, Bobby two, then everyone just slide down a little bit. But Darius is coming, like we said, and I think he might be take if at this rate he's gonna take that number one spot. But right now it's hard to take it away from Bobby when you're second in the league in tackles, you're a tackle for lost machine, you get sacks, you get pass deflections, and he makes those clutch plays. He's the one who makes them when they count. We talked about Aaron Donald just kind of makes plays, but when you need him the most, you can't find him. When Seattle needs a stop, in comes Bobby Wagner flying out of nowhere. It's like, oh, okay, there he is. That that helps a lot. Third and one. Oh, God, that guy has so much green to get the first down. Oh, the Bobby yeah. Wagner bullet destroys everything. Yeah. All right. I'm still going to keep him at one. I will not. I will ignore your blasphemous of putting him at number five because moving on. All right, so. Look, it was a matter of flipping a coin here, guys. You need to get a new coin. <laughs> All right, Brendan, who do you have at number one? Um, before I, I continue this, I got to remember the uh, top five QBs of last year. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you two had Drew Brees and I had Patty Mahomes. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, I, I, I'm with uh, DJ on this one. I got Bobby Wagner. The only thing I can actually add to what he's already said is watching the film this year just kind of reminded me of, of how well he does play that position in terms of, of where you you compare him to other players um where other players will meet people at the hole he will be at the hole and waiting before the running back has got to the line whereas other guys will meet him he's like i said there's there's so many examples of him just getting to the hole and just be sitting there waiting like he's eating lunch so i i I still have a number one the iq the speed he still has speed despite him being one of the older linebackers not oldest but older um He's he's yeah he's the OG um, and like DJ said Luke Keekley had he not retired he'd be in that one spot too I, I'd slide everything down because I, I I think that he had a little bit more clutch but Bobby's second and right now he's number one fair yeah no I I will give you guys that if Luke Keekley did not retire I mean one hundred percent he'd be in this position right now but we picked top five. Non-pass rushing, a.k.a. pass coverage linebackers. So my number one is the number one linebacker in pass coverage last year, allowing only 49.8 passer rating when he covered the man, Levante David. I said we'd get to the Tampa Bay linebackers later on, and I wasn't lying. Didn't really think it was going to be the dead last one. I thought somebody else would put David on here. But I I guess I'm the only one that's I I don't know. He's young, but he's good. And he's on a team that is just going to get better. He's going to have more attempts to continue to boost this pass coverage ability of his. Oh, and by the way, they used him on more blitzes last season than they have ever have. And he ended up with three sacks, four sacks from his position, which, okay, not great. But let's be honest, you're a pass coverage linebacker. Go get some sacks, young buck. Like, have fun. I'd, honestly, when you talked about flipping a coin, it was him and Deion Jones for me. I was like, all right, one of these NFC South linebackers, he's probably better in pass coverage than Deion Jones is. He's, I think Deion's a little bit better of a tackler. Like, Lamonte Davis is a little small. That's why when he came out, he was a 4-3 outside backer, and he dropped to the second round because 
when you watched him in college in Nebraska, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I want that guy. He was like what Roquan Smith was, but not playing in the SEC where everybody rides the SEC ball sack. So, and and that's just it. He ended up being a dropping in the draft because of his size. Like he could honestly, if he was a Bobby Wagner build or a Luke Keekley build, if he had a little, bit, he's a top three pick. If he had a little more thickness to him, he's drafted in the first round. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like, he's a hell of a leader. Like even though he's on those terrible Tampa teams, like I, I love De- Levante David. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I wanted the Colts to somehow get him that year. I was like, is there any way you can uh, draft Levante too? I know you can't, but uh, find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I just I, you know talking about it, watching his tape, looking at the numbers. You're just like, okay, you got Tom Brady and Gronk on offense now. You lose Jameis, so you're not going to be on the field as much, ideally. Hopefully. Yeah, ideally you're not going to be on the field as much. Oh, and by the way, your secondary just became really good. Like, you just your – young, your young guys are growing up. And, oh, you have the best – one of the best pass rushers, by the way, on that team. And, and so the remainder of Jason Pierre-Paul's Jason Pierre-Paul's fingers on yeah, the Yeah, you know, eight finger Pierre-Paul, no big deal. Seven and a half. Yeah, that's fair enough. But <laughs> you know, you just sit there and look at it and you're like this kid can be something good. You know, cuz he is still what, 26? You know, he's older now. He's like 29, 30. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been around for a while. He came around around 2011, 2012 this year. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm it's 2020. Wow. Oh gosh, save me. But anyway, so he's a little, you know, he is he is in that Bobby Wagner age range, but he's still going to be good. You know, I I don't think he's getting bad anytime soon, and I think pass coverage wise, because that's what this list is is a non pass rushing linebacker. I, I had to go here with number one. I will say, I think by the end of the season though, he might not be the best middle linebacker on that team. I can see Devin White taking that mantle because he he looks like a hell of a pick. They picked him in number five, I believe it was two years ago, and thought it was a bit of a reach. He's, he's looked pretty good. I mean, him and Levante David, with that might be that we talked about, oh, Tom Brady and Draw Gronkowski and the offense and the weapons. Oh, God. That might be a defensive team that Tom Brady's like, okay, I'm back in New England just with a yeah. little bit better receiver. Well, a lot better receivers. Where when I miss them, Mike Evans will still go, go gadget arms and find it. And Chris Godwin will separate by 1,000 yards. It won't matter. Yeah, and, and Devin White's one of those guys. He In college, he played a single linebacker set. Like, four down linemen, single linebacker, a bunch of corners. And, oh, by the way, hey, you're going to have to go cover all these really fast dudes right oh, here coming across the middle. Oh, like, good luck. You run a 4-4-1 speed, 42. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. You're faster yeah. than our corners. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they have a very – it's funny. They have a very SEC-centric defense in Tampa, but they're all really young and really good. And then you got Levante David there and Jason Pierre-Paul like – don't worry, young bucks. We'll teach. You, we'll show you the road. And Levante David, one of the big things coming out of college too was he was a hell of a leader. So I like Levante David, and honestly, I wouldn't mind taking Deion Jones and I would put him on my list and even putting him ahead of Jalen. Those last, those three, it was like, God, what, what do I do? Let's just, you know what? Jalen had a lot of tackles. Deion Jones has the name value. Fred Warner, he's on this list, no matter what anyone says. So yeah. but you can't really go wrong with Levante David. Putting him ahead of Bobby Wagner. I mean, I'm a little skeptical, but to each their own. Yeah, you know, hey, look, it is what it is. Uh, so what, what what are some of the ones, you know, you mentioned a couple of them, but what are some of the other guys that you think maybe made, deserve to make this list, but we only have five spots? Well, Levante David was kind of my main one that just missed. We just spent a while talking about Devin White. We could talk about Devin Bush in Pittsburgh, too. He's another one of those guys who's all over the field. They traded up to get him in. It was probably a pretty good pickup looking at it now. Not a bad choice there, guys. Anthony Walker, the guy who plays opposite of Darius Leonard, a middle linebacker, he actually had more tackles last year because he played all six. He's a tackling machine who just – him and Darius Leonard are bros, and they bounce back off each other perfectly. They need to stick together. They could be a Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher feel to it. Yeah. Those are just a few of the guys that stick out. I mean, you have – there's all sorts of guys. Zach Cunningham's nice. Like, C.J. Mosley, who three years ago we were talking about as a top three guy who's fallen off a little bit and is still a Pro Bowl caliber guy. Yeah, exactly. Brennan, what about you? What are some of the guys that you left off your list that you think arguably can make a list? Uh, Levante David definitely was one of them. Um, another guy I had, just because it, it's one of those where I wouldn't say he's, he's best by any means, but in terms of, of consistency, um, I, I, Blake Martinez. I mean, the in the time that he's been in the league, he's he's averaging 120, 130 tackles a year. Yeah. He just has a nose for the ball somehow. He just always finds himself wrapping up a ball carry before. He's like, oh, I'm awake. Oh, wait, I just got four tackles yeah. in the same I mean, play. And it's funny because like we're always talking about these NFC North guys, and it's like <laughs> defensive linebackers and defensive linemen. It's like, NFC North, let's just pick and choose from you guys. <laughs> I think well, the NFC North the might NFC be North the defensive division. It's true. But so 
you know, for me, you know, it's ironic that I'm a Cowboys fan, and on both of these lists, I have zero Cowboys, considering Demarcus Lawrence is arguably a top five defensive end, and uh, Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith are both arguably a top five linebacker. But I just, they were so bad last year. I cannot understate how terrible they were last year, and health played a part. But they were awful. On awful's business. As a unit, they were pretty terrible when they needed to not be terrible. I will give Jalen Smith credit for balling out in spite of it. Like, you'll see the games they lose against Buffalo. He's like, oh, just a casual 10 tackles or something like that. Yeah. But they're not really impactful. That's why he wasn't higher on my list. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I will say, there are two guys that otherwise I probably would have put on this list that I don't think either of you mentioned were Shaq Thompson, um, who had a hell of a season last year. And, you know... That was probably one, and then Shaq Quarterman. Is it Shaq Quarterman? He or no? Sorry, no. Uh, Dante Hightower. My bad. Ha! Went the wrong way with him. Anyways, Dante Hightower, who was in the top ten rankings for all last year for every major stat for a linebacker, but just in the top ten. Like it was literally like he's at nine and he's at eight. He's at ten. He's at nine, eight, ten. He's all around really good, but he's not, not that, that dude. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a little bit. This list was hard. I don't like it. I had to shake things up and just go crazy on it and throw Bobby at number five because, well, why not? But This list is going to be boring next year when we all put Darius Leonard at number one, the Raids, going today. Jeez. Yeah, seriously. I think, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's pretty clear to say that we're all big Darius Leonard fans. This podcast is a huge Darius Leonard fan, uh, but we just can't give it to him yet. He's a maniac, and he'll probably be – Honestly, the way he started his rookie year, where his second career game, he had like 18 tackles, a forced fumble, a pick, a pass deflection. If he does that in the first three game, at any point in the first few games next year, he might just be number one before we even get to the bye weeks. Yeah, I definitely think he has the most growth on this team or on this list on on any of our lists. And I think the craziest thing, he was probably the only player other than Bobby we all have on our list. Yeah. Uh, I think we had 12 different players mentioned between our three lists as a top five, and that's you know we all pretty much. We're not, I would say we think alike, but we think similarly enough that usually we have seven, not 12 to 15 different players on our lists. So that's a, it just goes to show you how many linebackers, especially pat, like non-pass rushers and pass rushers for that matter. Pass that rushers you can, was the hardest one for sure. Yeah. So, so it, it's fun to see. It's fun to see this. Well, but, that'll, that'll probably do it for this episode so far, unless anyone has any final words on pass rushers or linebackers. No. Uh, I mean, this was probably the most painful episode that I've done. <laughs> I believe Not it. Putting any of my own team. <laughs> that, that bashing the Bears pass rush at that. Oh man, God. you're one of them self hating guys. First, the Cardinals going thirteen and three. Now the Bears aren't the best pass rush in the league. From a Bears fan, are you are you okay? Jets- are you going to say your kicking game is okay next? <laughs> I, 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 I'm still hesitant on Robert Quinn in the system. He's about to donate a million dollars to the Auburn kicking facility. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> He's about to become Cody Parkey's best friend. I'm oh. sure I can get you get his number if you need me to. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the High Low Sports Podcast. We'll continue to do top five rankings. We're not sure which one we're going to do next, but be sure to tune in for it. We'll do some other things as well. UFC events coming up, baseball, basketball starting up. we got plenty to talk about coming around, so stick around for the next episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.